0: Welcome to the Providence Community Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Christy Prague. If you would like to stay connected with us, download our app, Providence Community, or visit our website, providencecommunity.org. I'll get even with you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been waiting to do that. Well, we don't do that with everyone, but I just happen to have the mic today, so. Uh, Do not turn that mic on. Do not turn that mic on. Okay, excellent. You're getting that quarter I talked about. (laughs) Happy Valentine's Day. Happy love Day. I like that. <clears throat> I was listening uh the radio on the way in here and, and uh, I listened to a hodgepodge of radio some um, <clears throat> there's a sermon I was listening to on the way here, and then it, it cut out because of driving past the uh <clears throat> the the wires to be able to pick it up and then I, I switched over and I, I heard this woman say, uh, "Yeah, Valentine's Day flowers are fine." And I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting. (laughs) He said, "Um, but uh, um, middle of March, Thursday, for no reason, flowers are even better. Is that true, ladies? Yes. Yeah, because men feel obligated to give on Valentine's. They feel the obligation behind it. (laughs) So um, as a guy, if and when we give flowers, honey, wherever you are, Okay, hi, babe. My wife is in Kansas City right now um, with her daughter. And um, if we give you flowers and, and cards and things on, uh, on, on Valentine's Day, please don't attach obligation to it. This is what you need to attach. It's a reminder that we love you dearly. That's it, except for those who felt obligated uh, it's it's a it's just a reminder. <laughs> uh I had a, I was in Kansas City for years and and when when we had a conference um there's a lot of people and we had a women's conference and about 2000 ladies showed up and the gal in front, in, in in charge of it uh Diane Bickle um she came to me and she said I want you would you share something at the women's conference I thought You want me to share something at the Women's Conference? Um, Because I actually led worship a lot for the Women's Conferences because they liked a gray-haired kind of father figure doing worship. Um, Even though that was 25 years ago, I was still gray-haired (laughs) father-looking. And uh, I said, yeah, what do you want me to share on? She said, well, I tried to get Mike to do this, and he won't do it. Mike was her husband. And I, I said, so what do you want me to share on she goes, I want you to share on the men's point of physical and heart intimacy. And you want me to share that in front of 2,000 women, the man's viewpoint of intimacy. Seriously. She goes, yes. Now that I think of it, you'd be much better than Mike. I <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, he's, he's brilliant. But yeah, sure, I'll, I'll share And then I realized afterwards what what I said yes to. I said yes to an impossible task because anything I shared would expose my own heart, my relationship uh, with my wife. And so I did what any um, uh, desperate man in that situation would do. I went to about a dozen other men. And I asked them the question, give me the the top three or four things concerning intimacy in your heart towards your wife so that when I gave an answer, it wasn't my answer, it was our answer. Yes, it was nice. (laughs) The last thing I needed to do was to... Never mind. Anyway, so I I went... I Do you know what the number one um, desire... In the heart of, it was almost universal. Almost every man that I talked to, the number one thing that they wanted, in terms of their own heart and intimacy with their wives, I'll tell you next week. Um, No, the number one thing when it just it it, when the first guy said, I went, oh wow, yeah, that's kind of how I feel, but I didn't think. Yeah, okay. And then the second guy said it. And then the third guy said it. And the fourth guy said something very different. And then the fifth guy said it again. (laughs) But what they said was this. Men are desperate for their wives to know how deeply they love them. And they're not the greatest at communicating it, but they want them to know. Wow. (laughs) He just said, keep preaching. And he's putting his left arm around his wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, men, is that true? Oh, that was sad. <laughs> men, is that true? Isn't that, don't you want your wives to know how deeply they are loved by you? <laughs> wow, that just kind of trails off. yes, 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 yes. yes. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. <laughs> How many married couples are here this morning? You're, you actually, you're together. Stand up. All right. All right, look at your spouse. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. Look at your spouse. Give them one reason why you love them. On your mark, you said go. That's my friend Michael W. right there. <laughs> There's a couple over here that haven't been able to talk yet. They're not they're trying. They're still thinking. That's okay. God bless you, uh, Stephen Kelly. God bless you guys. No, I'm just kidding. He says, she said you don't have to. <laughs> okay, never mind. All right, have a seat. Have a seat. By the way, go to Kelly's Um, Sunday sessions. It was great this morning. I had to leave to go to a a meeting here, but uh, I was there for the first half hour. Boy, that's really good. And she gives handouts, which is amazing. I don't give handouts. I barely make them for myself. Um, By the way, the late 1700s in France, they introduced cards that were pre-written. That was the first time for Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day goes way back. Um, there were, it, it kind of starts because of, of two believers that were both known for their deep love and their last name, they, they weren't related, they were 100 years apart, but their last name was Valentine. So they used to call about the love of Valentine, and, va- and they would celebrate it um, uh, and St. Valentine's Day, and that's... A, how that kind of, and then the fact that they were such good, um, men of, of depth of, of love and affection, it kind of switched over. And then during the middle ages, it became something attached. Romance became attached to it. And now we have Valentine's day, which is the, (coughs) one of the biggest (laughs) moneymakers Hallmark has. Um, but the late 1700s, they began to put words in cards, instead of just blank cards, that you just, you fill this out, and you know, uh, and, and so it replaced, for many men, it replaced their ability to do anything more than just sign their name. That's, that was a joke, but it wasn't a joke at the same time, because um, <laughs> I, I cringe when I go in. I'm sorry. I, I know that some of you probably bought this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage you at the moment but I just say Lord please don't let me get to the point where I have to buy the card that says you know I don't know how to say anything you know that card you know I don't ever have the words the right words to say how I love you how about just that (laughs) steal that here's the right words to say to you today I love you those are the right words and then just ask your question why and then put that down. To be able to express affection. I mean, one of the things Kelly was talking about today is that, is that we receive identity to have authority. So we receive something to give something. So if we haven't received a known affection, how, how well do we give it? A lot of people don't grow up in homes where there's a lot of affection. And when you grow up in a home where there's not a lot of affection, you learn what you learned. And then you give out, or you don't. Um, and, and that's why I think so many of those men came and said, listen, I just want my wife to know I love her. And I would talk to them. I, I, it was one of the passages I'd say, are you able to communicate your affection to your wife? I have a hard time. Why do you have a hard time? This is why well, I always have a hard time. I, it's, it's hard for me to use those kinds of words and have that kind of language. What's your favorite football team? Oh, I love the Chiefs. What do you love about the, oh, everything. Everything. I mean, oh my gosh. And back then it was like, oh, they just got Joe Montana. He just came. He's a part of the Chiefs. We got Marcus Allen. Oh, we are going to have a team this year. You just watch and wait. I said, you've got a great passion for this. Oh, absolutely. How about your wife? <laughs> She is such a good cook. No, not what she does. (laughs) Who she is. What are the attributes about your wife that you said, I'm going to marry this woman and never be with another woman the rest of my life? She had to be quite something at that moment in your life. Oh, she was. Oh, she was. (laughs) We live in the was. Way too often, even in our own spiritual life, we live in the was. Oh, I remember when I first got saved, and then they start to perk up and they talk with this energy. How about how was the last couple years? Oh, hard. Last two years were hard. The last two decades were hard. We live in the was. <clears throat> I'm gonna read a scripture and and. Uh, Tell me where it's from. All the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music. And all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped. What book do you think that's from? Revelation, Acts. Ready? Daniel. Shall I finish the sentence? All the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and symphony with all kinds of music. And all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the golden image, which Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So in other words, you can have all the instruments there available, all kinds of music, all the people, all the languages. You can have them fall down and worship and not have any kind of love at all. Because there's no love in worshipping a golden image it's obligation and at some point in time we switch love over to obligation we've missed something now obligation i think can be redeemed with the word faithfulness i want to be faithful i want to be faithful to my wife i want to finish the race i want to finish it well but i in in spite of being faithful i don't feel obligated I feel obligated if someone owns me. This is what Jesus is so beautifully as. I don't call you servants anymore. It's not an ownership. I call you friends. It's voluntary love. So we live, we should be living in voluntary love instead of obligatory love. And sometimes we have to do the litmus test, put your finger in your mouth, find out which way the wind's blowing and just say to yourself, what kind of relationship do I have in this thing called Christianity in the kingdom of God? Do, am I, do I feel obligated because I feel like I, I, I might go to hell if I don't, or I come to church and everyone's looking and so I, I'm, I'm saved, I know God loves me, but it's the obligation of that relationship that keeps you as opposed to voluntary love? I know as, as, as a man, I don't want my wife to feel obligated to me. I want her to volunteer her heart to me. And I know as a woman, she does not want to feel obligated or she doesn't want me to feel obligated to do something out of obligation like I have to as opposed to I get to. So, yeah, let's do the flowers and let's do the chocolate and let's do the cards and the dinner and everything that's with it, without a spirit of obligation, do it out of joy. Yeah. <clears throat> and then sometime in March or April, just bring some flowers home just because. And love her just because. <clears throat> first John 4, I'm going to switch over to First John for, for a second. How y'all doing today? Good. good. Who's going out for dinner? Okay, let me see this side over here. Boy, I, I, you know what? No, it's this. It's it's this COVID thing. I had this beautiful dinner plan for my wife to take her out, and she was all excited. Um, of course, I picked a place that was closed. <coughs> I really should do a little bit more <laughs> due diligence <laughs> on my part. Um, I. I, I for a number of people have been asking me about a dozen people since I've walked in here. Um, I know there was an announcement last week uh, about my daughter. My daughter had a uh, she's had a bad back for a while. She's got three kids. She lives in Kansas City. I just want to give you a little update so I don't have to update 15 more people on the way out. Um, she was holding her two-year-old baby and and fell on the steps, hit, hit hit the lower part of her back on a couple of the steps. She's had back pain for years. Um, and they wanted to fuse a few discs together. She said no. And this in- increased her pain a couple weeks ago, and she kind of lived with that for a couple weeks until last week, uh, from the waist down, she lost all feeling. And it had excruciating pain, couldn't move. They rushed her to the hospital and uh, it noted that she had some real damage. Had a brought her in for spinal surgery. Uh, it was emergency surgery. Um, the surgery went really well but what happened was most discs go out her disc exploded in and went into the into the spinal cord and so when you touch the spinal cord you touch feeling and so she's lost about 50 percent of use um from the waist down and in terms of walking and and everything it's not there yet so she's 38 with three kids and is the hardest working girl i know on the planet Hardest working person I know on the planet. She's incredible. And so to see her not being able to get up and, and, and go around, they, they think that she will have full restoration at some point. That's their hope. So that's our hope. Um, her name is Katie, if you want to pray for her. But I, I'm kind of an open book. This is my life. So if I get up here to talk, you're going to hear about my beautiful wife and about my three kids and my six grandchildren. So that's just the way it is. Are you okay with that? Okay, is that? Do you like that? Okay, good, good. Because I'm going to say it anyway, whether you did or not. (laughs) It just makes me feel better that you that you're okay with it. Um, In in First John, I love John. By the way, John is just an awesome dude. How many guys say Jesus loved to recline and put his head on my chest? (laughs) Most of us would not admit that. (laughs) Where'd you watch the game the other night? I went over to Tom's house. Yeah. And how many guys were there? Oh, it was about a dozen. <laughs> yeah, thank you for <laughs> Yeah, and how was the game? Good. He's only got like six chairs. Oh, that was awkward. That's okay. I just, I just put my head on Tom's breast. Really? Really? Okay. And how was he with that? Oh, he loved it. He put his arm around my shoulder. <laughs> and I'm uh, I'm here to talk about it. I love that. <laughs> I just love John. He's just his whole chapter is all about love. And it's it's you know it's he's he's not an easy dude in some of these things, but he, he just he just knows how to go to the point. And so in chapter four, this is one of the things that just changed my life. Love has been perfected among us. Okay, how do you know that love is perfect? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Hmm. So, I love studying, and I love parsing words, and I love breaking things down. In the day of judgment, we think it's the end time judgment, which is true, so that we have boldness in the day of judgment. I know that God loves me, so in the day of judgment, I can be bold because I'm in him. That's true. Absolutely true. Uh, In a couple of the translations, it says that we boldness in the day of judgment, or when judgment comes. So when judgment comes, um, in this life, there's a couple of judgments in the days to come. There's a great white throne, there's a, there's a believers, uh, it's without going into it. In life, we feel judged on a regular basis by the enemy. His job is to make us feel absolutely miserable. And I know that love is perfected. When judgment comes, it wins over the voice of judgment. I know that love is not perfected, is when the enemy judges me and I live in judgment, I take the cocoon that it brings and offers me and I live out of that. When God wants me to, at that point, say, I'm sorry for what I've done, what I thought, what I, I, you know, and then we walk out of that judgment back into life. I know love is inviting me to be intimate, and the enemy is inviting me to be shut down. And that's what judgment does in whatever form it, do, it comes. So I love that. We know that love is perfected that we may have boldness of the dead judgment. In verse 18, this is John 4 17, 18, 19. <clears throat> it says, There is no fear in love. Wow, there's no fear in love. That's beautiful. So where there's fear, Love hasn't fully invaded or been received. Now, I'm just honest. There are things that in my life I still battle with a spirit of fear in some areas. It's just I cannot talk in front of people. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what the number two fear in the United States is? You'd think fear of public speaking. It's It's death. It's the fear of death. Number one is the fear of public speaking. People would rather die (laughs) than speak in public. Oh, would you share this little announcement? No. Why did they do that? Oh, they thought they were going to speak. (laughs) I got. I shared this one other time. I got out of every oral report in high school. I would not read in class. I would read a tiny bit, and I said, "That's all. I'm getting a headache." (laughs) I'm the only guy that got through speech class without giving a speech and passed. (laughs) Now, why you say? Because I had, a, I, have a spirit, I had a spirit of fear about all that area. I could not stand in front of a group of people. And so what happens when, I get, when I'm 16 years old? I'm, I, I get into an accident. My foot is the size of a watermelon. And my dad hands me a guitar and says, you can't go anywhere. You might as well learn. So I'm starting to play guitar. And I'm writing songs. And my mother's hearing them from the kitchen. She goes, you need to play those in front of a bunch of people. She says, no way, Mom. I would rather die. And people would come over. I got saved at 19 years old. I started writing worship songs. And the only way that I would let people listen. This is a really true story. The only way that I would let people listen to my songs is if either I went or they went into the bathroom. <laughs> and then I would sing in the bathroom. The tile would go all over. You know, t- by the way, someday I want to record in a big bathroom with tiles. I'm just saying. It's just, there's nothing like it. Yeah, so can we work on tile in one of the bathrooms? <laughs> Nathan? <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I live in the world of rabbit holes, by the way. Uh, so I, I just couldn't do it. I was afraid and I, I literally never spoke. And So, so I'm, I'm writing these worship songs and I can't. And so my brother and a group of people got with me, prayed and fasted. And it took about a year for me progress with just a few people, and then singing with somebody else and having them sing in front of me, and then it just took time for me to walk out of that fear and into love. Why did the enemy want to shut me down? Because my life is about speaking and singing. If you don't know, I I, I haven't I've led worship here once, but I started leading worship in 1973, and and led worship for years and years in that church. I was the worship pastor for 10 years in Kansas City. with I was a worship pastor in, in Toronto, in the airport vineyard. I've, been, I've done that for years. Why? Because God called me out of fear into love. Why, why do you have an area of fear that's being held? It's probably because God's wanting to come and invade it with his affection and deliver you to do the thing that you're most fearful of. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Why? Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. That sounds so, oh, Sounds like such a, a slam, but it's not. It's an invitation to love. It really is. And then here's the, the beautiful one is, is <clears throat> we love because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love because he first loved us. Now, I know you've heard that verse here, and I've heard that verse, and, and I love that verse. It's, it, it is, you know, if you got a top 10 <laughs> list of verses, uh, that's towards the top, if not the top. My, my capacity to love is based on God's loving me first. Now, does God ever stop loving me first? No. So what is it? It's not God being faithful to love me. It's my understanding of love that kicks the whole thing off it's this never-ending stream that keeps coming at me and suddenly I'm awakened at 19 years old and oh yeah well what what's the love for he died for me so that I would be saved okay that's it no it's not it it's the it's the trickle that comes out now it's a torrent of love that comes my way And then I get involved in Christianity, I begin to do things. And I become a doer. Which is great because James talks about being doers of the word. And I I love, you know, I have a dear friend and he pastors in St. Louis. And he ends every email, every little whatever, says do well. I love that. And and I don't want to be one that sits in the side and lets the parade go by. I want to be in there, you know. I don't want to wear the little skirt things, but I want to, I want to be in there. If I, get, I learn to play an instrument, I, I used, to play, used to play drums, and I was the snare drum in our school's marching band. I used to love that. <clears throat> I want to be in the parade. I want to be involved. I want to, My whole life, I want, I, want to, I want it to be spent well by the time it's done. But I won't if I'm captured by fear. If I'm captured by fear, I will be an obligatory believer who comes to church on Sunday, and that's just about it means I'm not, I, I, I'm not saying that you don't love God. I'm not, and I, I'm speaking to me. <clears throat> Bless you. We can't be, let me say this. I was speaking recently and I looked down the first row and, uh, There was, actually it wasn't the first row, it was three or four rows back, and there was a lady very pregnant, and she was just sitting there, just rubbing her tummy. Uh, If I do it, I look like I'm just a little pregnant. Uh, So, but she (laughs) (laughs) yeah, there we go. (laughs) Um, She was rubbing her, her tummy, and the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, how pregnant is she? I said, she's very pregnant. I said, what? and then I just went through a, t- a train of thought that he led me. What if she got pregnant a week ago? How pregnant would she be? Oh, 100% pregnant. How about at three months? 100% pregnant. How about at eight months? 100% pregnant. What's the difference? It's the growth. That's the only difference. The day you met him, you got him Fully. Here's one of the lies that, and, and, and I'm going to say this phrase again in my life. I'll probably say it to you, and I'm not trying to sound like a hypocrite when I do. But there's a phrase that we say that we misinterpret its understanding. So let me ask you this question first: How how many of you want to be closer to the Lord? You can't. You're pregnant. can't do it. How long have you been married, Victor? Uh, (laughs) It's going to be eight years. (laughs) Are you more married now than the second day you were married? No. Has there been growth? (laughs) She didn't say a word. (laughs) Has there been growth? Okay, there you go. See, you've got him fully. The thing is, we get to, I want to be closer to the Lord. That's true. I want to be closer relationally and understanding of his affection. And the greater affection I have that I know is the greater affection I have to release. I love because he first loved me. The depth of my affection is directly related to the understanding of his affection to me. The less I know, the less I love. The more I know, the more I love. That's just the way it is. <clears throat> so I'm looking at this, at this lady, and you know, she's, and I'm just, uh, the poor woman, you know. Why were you looking at me? <laughs> um, I didn't want to say because you were pregnant. because <laughs> I looked at you and got a revelation from the Lord. And what was that revelation? Um, he can't be any closer to me than he is. And the thing is, when we use the phrase, I just, I just want to be closer to the Lord, what we sometimes think is a distance situation. If we think it is distance instead of growth and relationship, we will do something to shorten the distance. And our life becomes about doing to shorten a distance because we feel Apart, we feel farther away than we should feel. When the fact is, we're pregnant. All it needs is growth. All how do how do you grow a baby? Well, you 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 don't inject things into it. (laughs) You put things into you to grow. And the more healthy you want this relationship to be, the more healthy you'll put that which is in you. It's related. You can't be more married now than the day you were married. You're married. But I tell you, boy, you sure can grow in understanding of what the other one's like. You can grow in relationship. But if we use the language that I just want to be closer to the Lord, something's something's not right. In in, uh, Ephesians, I'm not going to turn there, Ephesians 3, it talks about being rooted and grounded in love. Um, And I remember living in, uh, lived in New York City. I remember one day my wife um, took the train up to uh, Schenectady to see her family. That's where she's from, Schenectady. Um, Try to spell that when you're in kindergarten. I I said, what was it like? She goes, it took me the whole page. (laughs) Um, And so while she's there, I led worship on Sunday, and then I went into Central Park, and I'm going through Central Park. And I just, guys are playing soccer. I played a little soccer with them, and then went over, went to the Central Park Zoo, and then walked along on the east side where the money is and just looking at the buildings and the, just everything. And I, I looked at this huge, um, on the corner, there was a, uh, there was no building there and all the others had 30, 40, 50 story buildings all around these, these huge apartments and things. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to see through the fence and I see that there's this huge hole. They're, they're digging a huge hole. And <clears throat> I went around cause I wanted to see if I could, I just wanted to, I'm curious. And, and, um, Uh, I might have done something illegal, and so anyway, ignore that, and I went through a fence that I probably wasn't supposed to go through, that big caution, do not enter sign, Um, but at that age, I couldn't read, and I I got into the middle area where the hole was, and I'm looking at this hole, and it's got a little picket fence around it with this big thing that would draw back and then trucks would go down to it. I mean, that's how big it was. It was one of those kinds of buildings. And I'm looking at it and I wanted to see how deep it was. So it was a Sunday, no one's around. And I took this rock and I threw the rock in. You were listening for it, weren't you? (laughs) And I couldn't hear it land. I thought, wow. So I took this big rock (laughs) and I was hoping no one was working on Sunday. (laughs) And I I threw the big rock in it took a while to get down there, <clears throat> and then this guy came out from the shadows with yellow and a big yellow hat and he is he was huge <laughs> and, and Jason, right yeah, yeah, he made you look small <laughs> and and the hat wouldn't fit on his head, so it sat up. So it, it was this little plastic ring at the top of his head, and then this yellow hat that sat up like that. Kind of looked like a submarine above the surface. And and I'm looking at this guy, and, he's, and he looks, What are you doing there? I said, Sorry. <coughs> I just wanted to see the hole. <coughs> You're not supposed to be in here. I said, I know, I know. I'll leave. I was just, I just can't believe how deep this hole is. And then he looked at me, and he goes, well, you can't build high unless you go deep first. I went, oh, thank you. (laughs) So I just ran over. I gave him a kiss on the cheek. I said, thank (laughs) you so much. And when I woke up, (laughs) (laughs) that right there shifted something. I got saved in 73. That was 1980. That was the summer of 1980. And he said, You we can't go high unless we build a deep foundation. I thought, wow. And Jesus says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail again. I will build my church. So what is my role? If there's two parts to this, my role, it says, is to have a foundation in the love of God. It tells me to root myself, which is foundational. So I do the work below the surface so that God can do the work above the surface. If he is there to build his church, I'm not there to make everyone see me. I am here to go here to understand how deeply I'm loved. The deeper I go, the higher he can go. If I don't go deep and my gifts get too high, we're watching it right now. Without going into it, Look at the Christian news this week, and you'll find out. You don't have this. You have this in knowledge. It's not the same as in relationship. Because it's not to be rooted and grounded in understanding. It's not to be rooted and grounded in knowledge. It's to be rooted and grounded in love. That is known affection. The word for love all the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it's divided into different words. But in the Greek, it's known affection. Known affection. If I don't know it, it ain't real. Activity, Bible study, servanthood, prayer, quiet time, worship can all be imitators of intimacy if they're used to get us closer. I'm going to say that again. All the Christian activity that we have is great, all the Christian disciplines are wonderful. Bible study, worship, prayer, quiet time, servanthood, they're all wonderful. But if they are used to get us closer, we've missed their use because we're already close. I use them to go deeper, not closer. Noah, come on out, bud. I know you're back there somewhere. Can we give it up for Noah? <laughs> Mark 9, 11 says this. This is my son in whom I will please. Now, in what year of ministry was that? First, second, or third? Zero. He hadn't done anything yet. Well, in 30 years, what had he done? He developed depth of relationship. He grew with man and with God. How did he grow? He didn't grow this way for people to see. He grew this way to be rooted and grounded in love. So that when he did this, he was grounded. I want to do exploits. Who wants to do exploits? Seriously, right now, who wants to do exploits in the kingdom? Raise your hand. Okay, you are both appreciate that. So I want to encourage you. You were created for his pleasure. You were created to be, in Hebrews, he's the radiance of his glory, the exact representation of his nature. That's how Hebrews describes Jesus. He's the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his nature. And I'm created in that image to do what? To radiate his glory. That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. But I won't do it if all the activity I'm doing is to get God to like me and be closer to me. But if I know He already is, if I'm pregnant with this Spirit, if He dwells within me, I can't get closer to that than that which is within. Close your eyes for a second. God's initial relationship was walking in a garden. It was just to be. And because God doesn't change, God's desire has not changed. God's desire continues to be relational. He's not first after your activity. His desire is that the Holy Spirit would convince you Like all those men, I just want my wife to know that I love her. That's his cry. I just want my bride to know that I love her. If she gets that, everything else makes sense. So, Lord, I just ask you to come. While we're yet sinners... You still died for us. There was nothing we had done to get your affection, to turn your attention because, oh, you saw us do something amazing and great. There's nothing. While we were in our worst place, you said, I'm going to give my life for the one that I love. And Lord, I ask for that revelation of love without activity to penetrate our hearts. We can't get closer to something that's in us, but we can grow. That little baby is not meant to stay in the womb forever. It's meant to grow to a place to have purpose. So our growth in you is for a purpose, and that's to unveil the image of the one that's in us. Until then, fear wants to rob us of the image of God flowing through us. I pray for each one here. Love would win over fear. I pray each one here would find a rooting system in the understanding of God's affection for them so they can go deep, so God can build high. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your love. Let's all stand together. don't mean to be corny here, but love comes in varied ways. I got some buddies coming over this week. We're just going to hang. We just love to be together. We might see a movie together. I have men that I, I embrace, and when I embrace them, I kiss them on the cheek because the level of affection has grown to brotherhood. I love my grandkids. I got six grandkids. I can't get enough of them. And I have a gorgeous wife who I'm so thankful for in so many ways and three daughters who just make my heart sing. I have so many opportunities where love comes to me. I have so many opportunities to give love out. And One of the beautiful ones that we have here every Sunday morning and hopefully days in between where we see people And we can look them in the eye and we can tell them why we feel the way we do about them. I'd love it if every Sunday you find one or two people and you tell them why you love them. Tell them why they're special to you. Don't waste moments of affection. Give them out freely like those little hearts every Valentine's Day. Be my vow. Val- they forced us to give them to the girls in sixth grade. I had to give one to Melody Holdridge. I did not want to give one to Melody Holdridge. But I found out that when I got saved, Melody Holdridge had been saved her whole life and she prayed me into the kingdom. You never know. So here's why I want to get a little sloppy for a moment. Take somebody's hand. God wants to build not a church because that's this building. He wants to build a community of people who love each other. And, Lord, I pray the affection that you have for us would extend through our hands and our hearts and that you'd build a community of lovers here, community of people who know you, want to go deeper with you, want to walk out this call to be lovers of God and lovers of people. So, Lord, bless all the activities of love today. But let it not be in prison to a day, but free it up all the other days of the year. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon of the Week. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If you'd like to partner with us, you have the opportunity to give online at providencecommunity.org.